This experience is best with headphones. This is a program in partnership with Open and Clear Broadcasting. For more information and additional programs, visit us at openandclear.com. For any questions you would like us to focus on, comments about the show, inquiry about advertising with us, or just want someone to talk to, please visit us there at openandclear.com. Beware of false prophets, 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 which come to you in sheep's clothing. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into driver's temptation. But inwardly they are ravenous wolves. That the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work. Ye shall know them by their fruits. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea. Driven. Is Reverend Devon Divine a false prophet? For let not that man think that he shall receive anything. Sent here to lead us astray. A doubting, double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice that he is exalted. Or is he a spiritual teacher who can guide us to the path of freedom? I'm Dr. Mark. Come with me and partake of his fruit of knowledge. And decide for yourself. Welcome to another episode of False Prophet. I'm Dr. Mark here with Reverend Devin Devine on this April 24th. How's it going, Devin? It's going good. <laughs> Much <Yeah>. better? <laughs> yeah. Much Oh, jeez. It's, it's all a little <laughs> weird for me. Oh, it's fun being live because it gets, you know, a little confusing, a little weird. But we are in the studio here today and we moved around and so things are a little different i don't know what's going on anyway the new setup it's yeah. all part of the adventure 
Yeah, this morning on my show, I I couldn't seem to get the mic working. I, I, they couldn't hear me at all. Oh, man. Finally got in half an hour into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm not the trial run. <laughs> <clears throat> not for this, anyway. No. Wait, what? <laughs> <clears throat> Secrets. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you doing back in Utah for a while? Um... Just did our course in Kansas, and we're here for a couple weeks just hanging around, and then I'm flying out to England on May 6th. Uh, we can have May. Right. <laughs> it's already May. It's pretty pretty much there, that's for sure. Yeah. We gotta go back to cold, rainy, cloudy England. Whatever. It'll be fun. Same part as you were before? Yeah, same hospital. Oh, cool. So it'll be good. You gotta face that guy you were having issues with that one time. In England? I don't know. Maybe. Oh. We didn't get very specific about it. But. No, that guy was on the train. I'm never going oh. back there. <laughs> <laughs> oh. The Buddha on the train. The Buddha on the train. Yeah. Can't stand those guys. <laughs> It's been a good week, though. I found something interesting. I've always wondered about how to, like, interpret dreams and stuff. Because, um, like, more and more lately, I've been having more vivid dreams that I'm remembering. Okay. And it sometimes seems chaotic. I'm like, what does this mean? What am I <laughs> saying to myself? What is it? But I kind of had this uh, realization lately that it's not so much, like, what I'm seeing in the dream, but what I'm feeling. And when I put together all these emotions, like whatever happens in the dream is just evoking emotion. And when I read through these emotions and then I work through them, like, you know, we've been working through emotions and just not resisting it and being with it and stuff. Yeah. It makes so much more sense. And I'm starting to get like meaning out of these things. Yeah, we, we like to think that, you know, it's trying to tell us something, but usually the images are interpretations of, you know, what we're feeling as you're talking about and, mm. and it's it kind of doesn't stop there with the whole world that even as really what we're seeing is actually a, an outward picturing of how we feel within ourselves and how we are actually and, and so that guidance as well is somewhat attempting to show us but it doesn't use words doesn't use pictures it doesn't use anything except for simply like uh, that energetic flow and that's best described as our feelings mm -hmm. and you can it's almost like we're in clouds and it's almost as if it's the weather the energetic weather of the universe or the world and so you're you're feeling the movement of that and if it is that you're resisting that movement or you're accepting of that movement the visual idea that we have of dreams is just a, a interpretation and mm. and so it's like your mind uses past relevance to what it seems to interpret as happening and so it references memories and past ideas and tries to put it on that say oh this feels like this time in january when i was with this person mm. or it feels like uh, this person you just saw yesterday and this occurrence and so we like make meaning out of it based on like how we're feeling yeah 
It's interesting because as I've become more sensitive to like these feeling and like hearing what I what I'm supposed to hear from these things, I've started to notice that I'm having more like intuition about certain things, you know, <clears throat> and it's just popping up all the time. Like I'll go to the store and I'm buying a certain kind of baby food and I get this idea like you need to buy one of those squeezy packs. I'm like, why? We don't, we don't even buy those anymore. And it's like, no, you need to buy a couple. And you buy a couple, and I, my baby's screaming on the way home, and I'm like, man, I'm glad I bought one of those. Mm-hmm. And it's just over and over and over, I become, I'm getting more sensitive to it. And I think about, like, the Mormon church talks about, like, hearing the Spirit. And I, I've always tried to be able to get promptings of the Spirit or whatever, you know? But they, they say it's predicated on, like, worthiness, and did you do this and that, and I never feel like I'm good enough. But now that I'm trying to be more sensitive to like emotions and how I'm feeling and working through this whole process, I feel like I'm getting this intuition. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> it's crazy. It really is about interpretation and that having to feel the worthiness about it yeah. is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's If you don't feel worthy, and, and that's where people have tried to you know, develop how, how can I... Make sure that I do follow this guidance. Oh, I'm well, I did this today, and I feel really out of guidance. I really feel like I'm not hearing this still small voice. Mm. So it must be that I shouldn't do these things. And then you pass that down through generations. You shouldn't be doing these things because those distract you from that voice of that internal guidance. And really, it's, it has nothing to do with the things you're doing, but how you are interpreting or using those things you do. Mm. And so... Anything and everything can be used as some sort of distraction from this. The actual uh, not paying attention to your true feelings, not paying attention to what's happening within your consciousness. And if you're not paying attention and you're using everything to distract yourself or anything Mm -hmm. to distract yourself for whatever reason, then it does give, you know, you lose its purpose. And so you're just merely being distracted is all. Mm. And that's what stops people from getting this intuition is that they're distracted. Yeah, because you're hearing the voice all the time. It mm. is, it's not really a voice. Sure. It's more of, uh, the reason it's a voice is because it's an interpretation in audio form of that sensation, that movement of the holy spiritual universe. And I like to emphasize that it is with a W mm. uh, and it's a holy spiritual universe referring to the entire essence of all spiritual reality and the connection of all the energetic form of all the universe. And so it, it is moving and it is like this ocean. And if you're resisting the current because you think you're supposed to be working in this position, in this place, it will seem as if it's pushing you in a different direction. Like, and you don't, you know, a, a place you don't want to be in, but it's really that you're just you're not allowing yourself to flow in that direction, that direction. And maybe, maybe that's the trick then is as I've learned to kind of stop resisting the flow of, you know, emotions and things that are going on and the thoughts that I have. Yeah. I'm starting to see this intuition as it develops, you know, but it's always been there. I've just been ignoring it. Yeah. Logically, you didn't need that packet, that squeeze packet. You're Mm. like, no, logically I wouldn't need that. doesn't make sense. Why I need it, whatever. Right. But then you've, you know, it was saying, you know, it'd be helpful if you had this. It knows what's happening. It knows what's coming. It's it's kind of as if, 
you know, it has the whole content of the film. It knows your future and what could be most helpful for your situation. It knows your past, and it can use all those symbols as well mm. and to help you to understand. But it's really about our obsession that we have about the physical world is the whole reason it needs is hard to hurt here and needs to be interpreted. Mm. I noticed something. I was uh, I went shooting with my buddies the other day, just clay pigeon shooting. And I was doing really, really well. Bam, bam, bam. Getting every single one. 100% accuracy, you know. And my buddy said something like, man, you're on fire today. You're doing so well. And then I stopped doing really well. Yeah, and then he sucked it up. And like, yeah. <laughs> every time. And I, I notice I do this every time I'm like, oh, and I'm just flowing with it. Then I'm like, oh, should I be flowing with it? Is this supposed to be, is it supposed to be this easy? <laughs> And that voice in your head gets really loud right. instead. And, and it does contest that that is, I mean, the Holy Spirit and doing what needs to be done is about that flow, is mm-hmm. about going in that flow. And so it seems as if it, you know, you could actually go against it, but it's not really true. Hmm. We just get distracted from it or something? Yeah, like I'm really distracted by the technology in front of me. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Your new setup. But, uh, you know, there's variations of what to do with this and how to practice this. It's a common thing with A Course in Miracles because uh, essentially that's what the 365 lessons are for, is the attempts to learn what and how to speak from and with the Holy Spiritual Universe. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the lessons, is that the uh, the Spirit speaks to me all through the day. So and it's always there. It's always there. And there's a line, I, I love this interpretation. A lot of people say, well, the Holy Spirit speaks, or, or they say the ego speaks first, because of course miracles in the, throughout the text says that. And, the, and I explained to him very nice, gently, <laughs> yes, the this, the uh the ego speaks in words first because you're looking for words to be spoken. Mm. And it, so it answers. And then the spirit speaks second. I mean, it's already there. It's already continuous. It's this continuous understanding. However, it speaks second because you're looking for words. Mm. It already gave you the answer. It already told you where to go, but you weren't paying attention. You wanted it in words. So you look to the ego mind that spoke to you in words for answers and then you you question that you say and you start asking oh holy spirit or god uh, help guide me please i want to know and then you're willing to hear but only in words it really comes in all different sensations that the interpretation of the five senses six senses that we have mm-hmm. is that you know it's interpreting that spiritual universe that holy spirit and for that, it all is adjusting to what it sees as valuable. Where do you want to go? You know, mm. you're not going to be guided by it if you don't know what you want. So the ego speaks in words, but the spirit is always there. That underlying knowing is always there. Yeah. The ego mind is the use of all the past events and education that you went through and and all that information uh, into the audible sound within your head. 
That's, you know, usually tells you how you're screwing it up and you suck. <laughs> <laughs> and you should have, would have, could have the other way. Right. Right. I spend too much time in that thought. Yeah. It's interesting to think about, though, because as I'm just kind of reflecting on the times that I've sought for answers from spirit, I'm like, okay, I want to be in a position where I don't know. And then something outside of me tells me, and I'm waiting for those words to come into my head and they never come into my head. But as like lately, as I've kind of stopped resisting the thoughts and feelings that are already inside of me, I just let them happen. I realized that there never was a point when I didn't know. Yeah. It's almost like I'm remembering, Oh, I always knew this. Yeah, exactly. You, you learn to come away from the distraction Hmm. And usually that questioning mind is trying to distract you all the time from it. And that's how we set it up to be. And really, you already have the answer. If you just acted and had that trust of completely just coming from your heart, just naturally doing what you're doing, Mm. realizing that you are made to be a loving being, made to be the presence of God here, you wouldn't be concerned if what you were doing was right or wrong. You would already be coming from that spirit it's only after that doubting mind has you know in by your willingness possessed you in that (laughs) sense that you need to try and find a different way try and understand a different way and then you start you know course of miracles a lot of people take it in that fashion that it's it's made so that you can question your your already questioning mind to come back pretty much where you already are but you don't realize it (laughs) go full circle yeah. You said something that was really interesting once that if you want to learn something, then you should teach what you would learn. Yeah. That's actually from A Course in Miracles as well. Um, that it is, you know, you wouldn't actually realize that you own it, that you have it until you're willing to give it. Hmm. Uh, I mean, you would think you need to get it, right? It's kind of obvious if you don't have some flowers, you need to go get some flowers <laughs> in order to give flowers. Right. And that's how the, the ego mind thinks it has to do with form, mm-hmm. that it's actually you know, about objects that when you give something, you lose it. You gave it away. Now you don't have it. Mm-hmm. But when it's referring to consciousness, which is attempting to get everybody to understand, that you only can gain by giving. And that consciousness, then when I give you ideas, give you these thoughts, that thought, that idea gets bigger within the totality of our conscious, consciousness. So in the, the, uh, the whole spectrum of human beings, the idea gets bigger. Mm. And just like, you know, the idea of Jesus was small at the beginning and then he shared with his 12 disciples, they shared with people and sharing... And now he's this big deal, you know? Right. And and it's in that same sense. So when you, you want to teach it, you're actually admitting that you have it. Mm. You're admitting that you own it and can give it. Until you are willing to do that, you're still searching, still thinking that you can somehow or some way get it. Makes sense. I mean, as I was teaching um, at university, I got stuck in these positions where I'd often teach science classes. And I went from being a student who didn't know when I was learning and trying to acquire to being in a position where people expected me to know. And I'm like, well, all right, let's try. And so as I was explaining a concept, I would like get these ideas that came to my head. And I was like, wow, <laughs> that's really smart. Where'd that come from? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it's like. It's like when you, 
Uh, speaking from spirit, as it's often what I was doing with practicing and why I even have this podcast or these podcasts that I do, mm. is that I'm uh, practicing to allow that spirit to speak and not really know what's going to say or know what's going to come out. And that's usually why at the end of the show, I'm even with you, I'm like, see, I benefit from this as well. I'm, I really enjoy it. I'm like, thank you for this information because <laughs> I really didn't have it as well. It's, a, it's just like that. You know, as far as Devin, Devin is an ignorant, stupid little human being that doesn't have all this information. And he has as much questions as well. Mm. But the training was to get out of the way, you know, was to like in meditation to shut up my own mind. And so that I can then learn, then actually learn. Mm. Well, it goes into this prayer where A Course in Miracles has it, which I reference to all the time because it's kind of my thing. And uh, it says, uh, paraphrasing, you know, I believe I mentioned it all the time. I don't need to worry about what to say or what to do, for he who sent me will direct me. And a lot of other cool words together that sound <laughs> good. But that's, you get that idea and that you don't have to worry about what you're doing or what you're saying. Instead, you have to trust and know that you're created by God and God cannot create evil. Mm. Except for burping. I mean, God can make burps. <laughs> and mosquitoes. <laughs> I think the more that I learn about this, it just flips my paradigm on its head. Because yeah. I am stuck in the world of forms and I'm thinking, okay, I'm an empty box and I need to go out and find truth and put it in my box. But really, the the deeper I get it, the more I'm in tune with myself and my connection to God and spirit and stuff. I realize, yeah, like you were saying, you just need to get out of your own way. That that flow is always there. Yeah, that ego mind, even that seeking information, it it ultimately is a seeking to find thing, so it thinks it's doing, but it's actually that seeking to not find because it insists that it is still not capable of the information that it has like mm. it you know it's not owned it's still seeking seeking keep seeking oh it's not i have a bunch of information but you know it's not me it's not something that i'm made of and it gets smarter and gets smarter and better <laughs> at it and everything better at tossing its words around mm -hmm. but you know until one day it's just like this zen koan thing where it just pops and mm. you know you can't be there anymore and you might see it here and there, and, and then, you know, you're just talking about awesome stuff that's just out of this world. And, you know, it, that's ultimately what Jesus was doing, was that the Christ in this aspect of what that voice of the Son of God is, was speaking through him. It wasn't about the body, it wasn't about Jesus, it was that Jesus was not there so that the Christ could be. Mm. And that's ultimately what this is. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the message that he gave over and over again was, you know, this isn't my doctrine, but yeah. him who sent me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I guess we're done here. <laughs> well, check. <laughs> and, you know, it's just been skewed and thinking it's actually about a body, about a person, which is okay. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of emphasizes what dimensional focus are you obsessed with sure. and a lot of people are obsessed with the bodies thinking that that's what's happening that's the reality and you know so it, it seems to fit you're like oh i'm looking for an understanding that i like 
and uh, a lot of people like the body and like that that makes sense you know and so it seems to work for people and it, you know some people it doesn't have enough in it you know mm. i need more you know i need more answers i i, I need more understanding and you know, for me, I wanted to see how everything worked. I wanted to see, you know, there's science here. There's people that are atheists. There's people that, you know, and, and it's, so it's got to all have some sort of truth to it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I wanted. I wanted to understand how everything works, mm-hmm. how it all is possible, where it all comes from. I, I It was kind of this idea of, you know, I think everyone sees some sort of truth. And so it's got to be in there somewhere. And, you know, Christ can speak through any language, and whether that be the language of an atheist, pagan, whether it be of a Christian, whether it be of whatever, it will speak that truth. And you can kind of see, at least for me, uh, you can see that science has, and even getting into quantum physics, that it, it is all speaking about the same thing in scientific terms and are fancy pantsy, and opposed to this Christian terminology that is lofty and of names and stuff that really doesn't grasp. But it says the same thing. I mean, mm-hmm. even in the beginning, you know, the Big Bang. Just referring to it being a bang is sound and of light coming in. Oh, in the beginning there was God, and He said, "Let there be light." That's sound, you know. And there's just endless variations of seeing this common thread between it all, and that it all has its place, it all has its time and season. Mm. And if if it is true, then in that case, it can be understood. Yeah, it's true because if you look at like Catholic doctrine of the ex nihilo, where what came before the universe? Well, nothing. Ex was ex nihilo. From nothing came everything. And everyone's like, oh, that's crazy. That's blah, blah, blah. But then you go to quantum mechanics, and you're like, so how does an atom smasher work? Well, we're going to put a bunch of energy in, and out of nothing will come a particle and its antiparticle. <laughs> and then it will go back into nothing. What? They use you know fancy terminology and stuff to explain the exact same concept. Yeah, exactly. It's endless. It's funny, but can we perform miracles? That's a you know. know. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Goes down a whole nother road. That's funny. Thinking about what you know got you into it, and just I've realized lately kind of what got me into more existential thinking like when i was a kid i never really i never really associated my identity with my body which is really interesting because later on you know in psychiatry we call that um depersonalization or a disassociative um identity disorder oh, oh to not identify your personality with your body yeah like i never felt like this body was who i am it was, okay. it was always really weird like i look in the mirror when i was a kid and i was sometimes surprised i'm like oh is that who I am? <laughs> I do remember when I was a child. Yeah. I'm like looking in the mirror, like seeing my hand move with my hand. I'm like, wait a second. Right? <laughs> but it's always made me just a little bit weird. Yeah. I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone else is like so focused on, oh, my, I've got to get rich and have a house and do all this stuff. And I'm always doing those things because I'm told I'm supposed to do those things. But my head is always somewhere else thinking, yeah, but like, why? 
always looking for these big why questions like yeah but why i die right and the body goes away so why do i why do i care how much i make yeah it's like why do you want to conform to the world entirely right what's it all about what are we doing here mm. and i think that's always my thing is trying to figure out what am i doing here <laughs> and so it's been good to get more in tune more less i guess less resisting to the message that's flowing through because that's the point of the dimensions right is we're having an experience here there's yeah even though we classify it in understanding 10 dimensions uh that's not to say actually different locations like alternate universes within those 10 dimensions there are billions and billions and every option you could possibly think of of an alternate universe Hmm. so it's like endless variations uh but however each and every one is experienced by the same one being Hmm. from that essentially that first idea so yeah that idea of experiencing this world this body is exactly what we wanted to do uh just the fact of you know i was talking about earlier been talking about a lot lately that if you have a question about what it's like to be human you can't just observe from an outside source you know knowing all the information you know and you know just taking notes oh look at these humans they act funny (laughs) they act like this and they act when this happens they act accordingly and you know you have to actually get in it to understand it and Mm. essentially the universe as we know it is a question or the answer to the question uh, just you know, you know, what am I doing here? <laughs> and that's why we're always searching for what we're doing here. What is the purpose? Because we want that answer. Once we actually have that answer, we're not going to do this anymore. Mm. We're like, oh, that's it. Oh, we're done. <laughs> and we think we can understand it. We're like, oh yeah, it's about family. It's about this and that. It's about love. And yet we still keep looking around. You know, so there's still something about and some reason we're looking around for and it might just be simply the completion of an idea it's mm-hmm. like well i want to know what it's like to be human from birth to death and all the variations of birth to death i suppose i think we talked about in philosophy once how would you explain the color red to yeah. someone who's been blind their whole life yeah because you can get as intellectual about it as you want <clears throat> it's you know 560 nanometers per second wavelength and it mm-hmm. it's not blue nanometers <laughs> well uh i think of the movie elephant man wasn't it oh yeah he he uh had a blind friend girlfriend and that's how he explained hot with hot and cold mm-hmm. gave her a rock that was hot and said this is red gave her a cold rock and said this was blue mm. And she's like, thought she understood it. She's like, oh, you gave me some sort of definition, you know, but it was it the actual understanding of red. I mean, that's again up to debate. It's really weird. Then you start to think, do you see red the way I see red? Essentially, my color is on average, (laughs) which average Americans do not see uh, the enhancements of color. Some people see more color and some people see less color, but it is true. It's like even just something as superficial or as little as that, it's like we don't see the same reality. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all perceiving it very differently, uh, even just simple as color. Like 
you're seeing this recording device and the computer here and you know can you tell that that's red and you know is it the same red does, i mean does it change much but, yeah we are actually seeing something different but i wouldn't know what it's like to see what you see mm-hmm. unless i'm actually you right and that's the kind of the same idea there and so we all have our own perspectives our yeah. own experiences and that's essentially an offering to that one who is asking the question mm. you know our life did it answer the question that you were looking for you know and so that's offering to as one would say the glory to god you know but it's essentially the son of god that's looking for the answer looking for the fulfillment of this question you know what is it like and so we, we're here to find out is this what it's like and that your life really is just an offering of that question mm. is my life your answer <laughs> pick me pick me you know, right now I mean it's just like that it's like is there really a verbal answer if it doesn't speak in words right <laughs> which is something that's interesting is I go like even like I was talking about dreams the dreams have this the words and there's pictures and there's things going on but then when I let go of that form and I kind of get the underlying message and I'm not resisting it anymore, then I get it. Yeah. Like you felt a certain way. And right. Throughout the day, maybe. You're, oh, I was terrified of this. And then you're running from a monster in the dream or something. And right. Like, oh, I still felt like this. It's essentially like the same. Like you were saying once, you know, if you're dreaming that you're being chased by a monster or something, turn around and face the monster. Because there is no monster. <laughs> yeah. And if it is just an interpretation of how you're feeling, then it's kind of that emotion that you're facing. You're mm-hmm. starting to look at that emotion directly and starting to question its reality. Right. Uh, instead of being controlled by the monster or the emotion within you, uh, now you start taking charge or responsibility. And you're like, well, maybe you're not what I want to be doing. I'm just instinctually responding to you and I'd rather not resist the universe and go with it instead right it's an experience that I'm having and it's like as I yeah like you're saying like if you don't resist it anymore you just go with that experience then it takes you through to something that like blows my mind (laughs) and you go deeper and deeper that pop right Right. you want it to blow your mind it's kind of a lot of people call the Course in Miracles a brainwashing or something and they don't like it and they're like, oh, get away, it's brainwashing me. It's like <laughs> the same idea as popping. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it needs a good cleaning and we got a lot of dirty stuff around here. Right. The other thing, you know, like I was talking about, it's a switch in paradigm because as I'm realizing that it's all coming from me and I'm not looking outside of me for things, things start to change because as I, I go out and I'm like okay what's the right way and that's usually what I'm asking spirit like I'm gonna go right or left there's a right way and a wrong way what's yeah, the right way it never works that way <laughs> <laughs> it's more likely gonna show you the wrong way so that you understand that no you don't do it that way it's right. more about going within than going mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. essentially if I don't go within I go without <laughs> Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> but it's true. I'm always looking for some external thing 
to feel the blankness of knowledge in me. But then when I just stop resisting this idea, I don't know, all of a sudden the knowing comes out. Yeah. So what these dimensions are is that this what most of us are focused on is this third dimensional reality mm. and that seems to be outside of ourselves but that's more like just an educational level you know let it be junior high or something mm. and it's more of a way of attempting to train and un help you to understand that your reality has never been what you thought it was mm. and even if you change it and we shift into another reality it's going to be another educational level. Oh, now you're in high school, and it's still not that reality either. Right. And it's, you know, oh, now you're in graduate school. It's still not that reality also. You know, but it's another, another way of looking at it, another dream within a dream, but this whole recognition, eventually, this recognition of the essence of who you are. And that's uh, essentially what the question was that we started with. You know, was it uh, what am I or who am I? Or was it, what is God? Or what are you? Essentially the same questions. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Gets trippy. I think you've just blown my mind. Good. It's just like, you know, it talks about in the Bible, even Christ. He received line upon line, precept upon precept. And so we get one reality, we learn something and our reality shifts, but because we live in a world of forms, we want to hold on to the form of that reality and call yeah. that, okay, that's the real reality. Yeah, and essentially say, I got this. <laughs> I got it. It's I learned the defined truth. like this. Right. It's confined like this. I want to put it in this box and call this real reality. And run around saying, Hey, I got this. All the glory to me. All mm. the glory to me. I got it. I figured it. it out. Yeah. Aren't I so cool? <laughs> but really, we have to let go of that and realize we, yeah. do, we don't ever know real reality. Exactly. Or it's this flowing, shifting, changing. Even that's a stepping stone. As you go right. into that school, it's, it's not that either. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a very noble, very helpful yeah. understanding where you start recognizing that even as energy, it's all connected and everything, but still, and even though you can say words and you can say the same truth, but it mm -hmm. doesn't really grasp it be until you actually see it yourself. Like right. I say, and would say that the truth isn't something that you're going to find. It is you. <laughs> and people, you know, have different ideas of who they are. So, Wait, you're telling me it's me as a body? Or you're telling me it's me as a soul? Or you're telling me it's me as a consciousness? Or you're telling me it's <laughs> me as a... You know, all sorts of different variations and dimensions of looking at the same aspect of who you are. But eventually the answer of the question isn't anything else. It is you. It's always you. I had that kind of catharsis on this drive because I'm driving Provo to Salt Lake this hour drive all uh -huh. the time. And I'm just driving along at night and I'm kind of talking to myself in my head, thinking about stuff. And at some point I realized like that voice in my head that I call me, it, it's not me. And that was weird because I'm thinking I'm, I have an emotion, I'm feeling about something. And then the voice in my head starts to articulate it into words. And then I'm like, oh, exactly. yeah, yeah, OK. And I'm like, wait. The thing that articulates into words, it's like it's like a tool I'm holding in my hand. Exactly, yeah. It's another way of looking at it. 
like before you had words in your head, you were trying to understand it as well. Mm -hmm. But then you realized everybody else was using words. So maybe I could understand it in words. And you start looking for that. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it is that tool of another interpretation. Oh, maybe the answer of the universe is in words. Right. And that's essentially the fourth dimension. As I start to get like intuition and just this knowing and being led to places, I realize it comes before the turning it into words thing happens. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's where I realized I'm like, wait, these words in my brain and the things that I'm thinking that comes after whatever it is in me that knows all this. Yeah. And that's becoming aware of really that subconscious deep stuff that mm. is, you know, happening. And, and it's great that studies lately have, have actually been finding out that you actually know what you're going to answer before the questions even said. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's like, how, how is it possible to do that? It's like time and the whole aspect of time and that fourth dimension isn't as, you know, linear and finite as we think it is. Right. That it is, you know, being the fourth dimension is a dream within a dream within a dream within a dream of the essentially where it's all coming from. Mm -hmm. So the versions of these dreams are, you know, maybe we can answer it this way. 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 Bloody, bloody, bloody. <laughs> I was in a med school class, I think it was psychology or something, or neurology, neuroscience. But we were talking about how the brain works. And the world has kind of evolved this concept. What started with, they thought the thinking happened in the heart. The heart is the center of math, because it goes click, 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 and so it's very good. But then we've evolved this concept, oh, it's in our brain. Our brain is the center of consciousness and the seat of thinking and etc. And we think, all oh, you know, this brain is consciousness, is intelligence, and through the brain that we, you know, see the world and stuff but then you go deeper into neuroscience and it says well most decisions that you ever make come from some kind of emotion that you have in you and this is interesting you make a decision first based on whatever your decision making protocols are based on an emotion or a belief or a preset structure and then you use your brain to sit and justify why that's the right emotion that's the right decision and i just thought that was so weird because it takes our brain and our whole thinking capacity and turns it into a tool that our body uses to get us through life. But whatever our consciousness is sits before that making decisions without our awareness. That's pretty intense. And like to tap into that is to ultimately like really shift everything in your life. Yeah, to be aware of essentially what's putting it out right. before it's receiving it and interpreting it and translating it. So that's, is that yeah. what you're saying, kind of? Yeah, and I think that's why like A Course in Miracles and like ex existentialism and religion and stuff is so cool because it can step even a step beyond that. Because it says, well, why are you even a body? Yeah. When did you decide like, that you're a body? <laughs> and you can kind of grasp that it's like this field right. around. And your brain, even before what you were saying, the brain's interpreting that field. Mm -hmm. And then doing the exact, you know, then doing the figuring out and interpreting and, the, you know, as if there's, you know, it's processing all these trillions and trillions of bits of information. Mm -hmm. And yet this only the conscious awareness is moving the body and doing things. And like we're not, are we aware of essentially what is interpreting the trillions and trillions of bits of information? Right. It's funny to think about that. Like, if you, 
when I get into a weird spot in life and I'm like, why are things this way? My life sucks. Ah. And it's like, wait, who's making the choices to make all these things my reality? <laughs> and then I think back to when you said um, your divine authority made the world what it is. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh man. Made you exactly as you are today. And so, yeah, when I see somebody now that, I, like, you get, I was at the gym the other day and someone got really mad at me for something stupid. And part of my emotions were like, raw, fight back. But then there was something in me that's like, my divine authority made this guy in my space <laughs> all mad at me. And I stopped resisting it. And I'm like, okay, let him be mad. What am I here to experience? What is this telling me? What is this? And you start to see, like, deeper knowing and stuff. Yeah, that's good. It's like a lot of people think, oh, with faith of a mustard seed I can move mountains it's mm. like no faith of a planet makes it spin and mountains move every single day right <laughs> it's like it's not quite what you think it is you already made this mountain here you already made this whole world here you already made this whole planet here and yeah while you could if you were in the authority in the position of what made that decision then you can distort and change anything you wanted. Mm. But essentially, you already make that decision right here in this moment for that mountain to be right there. So you want to fight and go against the, your own divine authority to change that? Well, essentially, it's developed you right. for a very specific purpose. And it's going through and fulfilling that. And essentially, if you're not aware of it or not, it doesn't matter. It's going to fulfill what you've been designed to do and what gets you up every morning is exactly what that is I had an experience once where I was traveling all over Europe I went to like 10 different countries like crazy all over <laughs> and then I flew back home and I was so exhausted from the flight I was just wasted I was totally jet lagged I crashed and I just slept like way way crazy amount and then I wake up and I looked around the room and I'm like, oh crap, what hotel am I in? Where am I? And I couldn't, it didn't come to me right away. So I run to the window and I look out and I see a familiar scene. And I'm like, wow, you know, here I am here in this mountainous thing. Yesterday I was here in Paris. The other day I was in Germany. Another day I was in the Caribbean. I was in London. And I keep thinking like the reason that I am in this place is because literally I've created myself to be here. And it seems on the surface like, oh, well, I flew here and I made a series of choices that led me here. But when I woke up in that instant, I'm like, where is it that I am? Where is it that I'm making for myself, you know? <laughs> or the, where do I want to be? Right. But it was all as a result of my divine authority literally creating the environment that I'm in. <laughs> you woke up before that divine authority was at the desk. It's like, oh, crap, he's awake. Oh, shit. <laughs> Oh, he's up. <laughs> it's just interesting to see a physical manifestation. You know, every couple of weeks or something, I'm always in somewhere new. And I'm like, you know, I did this. Like, yeah. this Kansas barbecue that I'm eating only exists because of a choice I made. This London train terminal only exists because of a choice yeah. I made. And it's essentially that choice you're making right now. Mm -hmm. Like, we like to think that, you know... You rang the doorbell, I opened the door, mm. you came into the room, we walked downstairs, I told you how cluttered it is, <laughs> and how crazy it is moving into the new room, and we, I, I gave my wife a drink, and we came in here, I 
told you what microphone to use. We heard our eardrums with the, the sound <laughs> of the, you know, and, and we sat down and we had to, you know, essentially we have an excuse how we got here, right? But did we actually go through that process or did, did is it just this decision right in this moment mm. to be what we are? And that's an excuse mm. of what we are. Is it like you talk about if somebody dies because they transcend this dimension to everyone around them, it looks like there's a heart attack. The story is put into place to help us accept it. Yeah. Essentially that only everybody else dies. Only other people die. You transcend. (laughs) So as we come down to record this show... Did we just decide, you know, we're going to do this? And we came down here, and now we have these memories. We, we tell ourselves a story of how we walked downstairs, and we did all this stuff. Yeah, essentially it is, I mean, we're talking about alternate dimensional understandings. So mm-hmm. it's really hard to grasp because we're focused on this fourth dimensional comprehension mm-hmm. where it is obsessed with where the physical object has been and what it's been doing. So it seems to be outside of its paradigm again as we try and grasp how you just poof here and then have literally billions and billions of years as an excuse for how you became this thing that you are Mm. as far as divine authority it was and is that question because it's out of time as we think of another dimension the fourth dimension is is that linear perspective of time Mm. but even the third dimension doesn't even have this linear perception because it doesn't think of it it doesn't remember yesterday so it doesn't know it grew and then dies it doesn't know anything about that but the fourth dimension would perceive that things flowers grow and then look pretty and bloom and die and and in the same sense but it in the so in the second dimension it has this perspective of energy that it's just flowing and moving and changing it's it's in space but it's not so much in time it doesn't have that consistency of of going from point a to point b like the third dimension is perceived as a fourth dimension its particles are more or less everywhere Mm -hmm. and it's the same with the first dimension where it's actually one thing manifesting as these trillions and trillions of bits or whatever uh, essentially being interpreted as physical essentially being interpreted as time and so that first that first dimension that consciousness of christ is out of time so it's the very same thing right now as it was in the very beginning and the very end and so it it's all right here right now and that question's being asked right now you know what am i or what is god or why am i separate from god or however we want to interpret that question so that's poof (laughs) the entirety of all reality billions and billions of years forward and backwards every direction in that instant but it's an alternate dimension so so even as we switch through dimensions we're always answering the question who am i yeah what does essentially like exist? yeah yeah that who am i is literally looking on infinity hmm. and asking the question so it answers in infinity uh, options it's interesting as you showed me that the video last week of the 10 dimensions of uh, super string theory and stuff and he talks about you know if you're a two-dimensional creature and somebody flatlander yeah if you're a flatlander right and somebody took someone in the third dimension took your two-dimensional world and turned it on itself it would look like you were jumping from one point in flatland to a completely unrelated point in in flatland yeah 
Where in the third dimension, it's like, well, obviously you travel through third dimensional space. Like that blew my mind. Because <laughs> as you like extrapolate to higher dimensions, it's like, man, I'm here and this is my whole life that I feel like I'm stuck in. Yeah, but really you're just essentially the shadow in that mm-hmm. sense of, you know, being moved around by various options. That's when you get into the higher dimensions of fifth, sixth, and seventh that has trillions and trillions of alternate universes of the same you. That every time you're deciding to talk, you're choosing which timeline you're on. Right. Yeah. It, it made sense. It put it into like a, a mathematical framework that I could comprehend. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly why I loved it when I found it, when mm-hmm. I was looking up 10 dimensions. You know, I was getting this information about the 10 dimensions. And then, you know, so I looked it up and there it was. And uh, I'll, I'll put it on Facebook if anybody else is interested. Uh, it's really enjoyable. He makes it very simple and mathematical to understand. He doesn't talk about spirituality at all, but essentially you can see the pattern where it goes uh, consciousness, spirituality, body, consciousness, spirituality, body, and if you interpret it that, he calls it uh, the point, fold, or no, the folds, the point, the split, and the fold. The mm-hmm. point, the split, and the fold. And that essentially is consciousness, which is one point. Uh, the split, which is having second dimension, which is having space, and the fold is the movement between space, so bodies. It was really cool because as I saw it, I had to change my thinking. I'm like, oh, I'm a third dimensional being, and I have a place in the universe, and this is me at this point. But as you go through the other dimensions, it's like, man, I could literally be anywhere in any dimension at any time. (laughs) Just what have you chosen? And you look at it and it's like, well, how did Christ perform miracles? And he did things that were, he like walked on water and turned water to wine and he raised the dead and healed the sick and did all these crazy things that you're not supposed to be able to do. But with a higher perspective of dimensions, it's like, oh, well, I mean, those are all possibilities. He just chose one. Yeah. And you can do that by going through a higher dimension. Essentially, it was like a different universe. Right. Uh, Like, you know, there was wine there in the universe that he chose to be in, Mm. but the universe prior that someone else was looking for water, there was water there. But then that authority changed and jumped to another universe where it was always wine. I think the cool thing about it is to think if I can do that. You know, if Christ is a divine authority with special powers and only he has access to that, that's, you know, one thing. But then if I... But if I can grab it if I can and define it, all the glory to me. <laughs> like, if I'm miserable, I can find something happy. If I, you know, yeah. if I feel stuck in this stagnant life... That's I can, where it starts. Like, what? That's where it starts. Yeah. It's like realizing that you're responsible for your happiness. Right. And we're not, we don't have to be concerned about doing the huge miracles, moving mountain things, and that just more throws us off. That right now... What the fourth mm-hmm. dimension is, is, you know, we're mostly dealing with this depression, suffering, being alone right. type idea. And if you can conquer that and re- recognize that you're not alone and you have reason to be happy, then you are, you are, you know, finding that truth. You're finding the perspective of this fourth dimension offering you is that, you know, that's what the lesson that it here has for you. Is that, you know, you can do anything. <laughs> it was cool, too, as it talked about how a, a flatlander in a two-dimensional plane would see us in slices. Yeah. But how we can see ourselves as the entirety of the third dimension. And a fourth-dimensional being would see, or a fifth-dimensional being, whatever, would see us in our timeline 
and would see the full entirety of our time. Yeah, like elongated snake, as it says, uh, or or the whole the whole movie of mm-hmm. your life and every frame in it and seeing where you're going to walk. It reminds me of the movie Darnie Darko. Oh yeah. Where he starts <laughs> seeing his, where he's going to walk and everything. And he's like, well, how does it know I'm going to go that way? Right. And he tries to make a decision to go another way. And then he found out the reason he did decide to go that way. Like it was already written in the stars kind mm-hmm. of thing. It's pretty awesome. Is but it? that is definitely up on our hour here. So oh, yeah. thank you, Mark, for being in the studio here. Definitely. And thank you all. Uh, saying stuff about Sean Connery up there. We'll see what you're talking about in a second. <laughs> okay. Thank you guys for tuning in. And if you want more information about us or how to contact us, that's at openandclear.com. And I'll post those videos real soon on Facebook where we're talking about the 10 dimensions. It's all It, it would take... 10 minutes out of your day and it would be nice so you can find my Facebook page by going to openandclear.com that's O-P-E-N-A-N-D C-L-E-A-R dot com and clicking up on top it says contact there so alright voice from the real world you are up have a beautiful day yes that's right okay I was looking at the wrong clock <laughs> oh, yeah. oh we're still recording here Hello. Okay, bye-bye, guys.